0: Good morning, Serve City Church. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I miss you so, so much. But we will be together one day soon. But I'm so grateful for technology that we can connect. So let's take a moment and pray before we get into the Word of God this morning. So God, I thank you today. God, I thank you for loving us. I thank you that we are able to serve you and love you, God. God, be with me as I deliver this Word. You know make my nerves go away cover me god i pray that someone will be blessed i pray that someone will give their lives to the lord i pray someone will change their life after this message we thank you we love you in the name of jesus i pray amen come on this morning this morning we're starting off a new series called mind over mood take a moment say mind over mood in the chat I remember a couple years ago, it's actually more than a couple, maybe 11 years ago, when my husband and I had our first son and we were, we're living in the US at the time. And it was December time, Christmas, and we wanted to bring our son to vis- visit our family for the first time. We had an amazing Christmas showing everyone off, gave Gabriel to everybody. We had a big party at my mom's so everyone can see him. And so I remember thinking, gosh, what an amazing holiday. It could not get any better. And we drove back the five and a half hours drive to Grand Rapids. And we just talked. And we just like re- reminisced about all the food that we ate. Because at the time, we couldn't get Caribbean food. So we were like, ooh. We brought all leftovers back over at the border. You know when they ask you to food, we're like, no. Maybe you lied a little bit. But we were just grateful to get good food. And so it, we were pulling it into the driveway. It's almost 2 AM in the morning. And we get into the driving and I see the lights on in the living room. I'm like, babe, I never left the lights on. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm sure that I turned off the lights. We walked up to the door. I remember seeing black fingerprints all over the front door. We walked in. We moved to the kitchen. All the lights are on, and there was a little note on the kitchen table. It said, you've been broken into. I could not believe it. I was like, no way, this could not happen to us. Isn't it crazy how quickly your mood can change? We were just having a great time in the car and reminiscing on an amazing Christmas and all of a sudden the mood just changed. And I don't know about you, life before COVID was great. Things were going, I was starting new ideas, the kids were in school. I actually had three kids in school full time, not at home. I was praising God, hallelujah. 11 years it took us to get kids out the house and all of a sudden COVID happened and it really rocked me and I remember thinking "Someone's put in my house they know who I am but I don't know who they are and I just felt unreal I was like could not wrap my mind around it and my first point this morning is communicating in crisis can be complicated And I'll say that again, communicating in crisis can be complicated. Sometimes you don't even know what to say. You don't know how to feel. You don't know your mood is changing. But the one thing that you need to know is it's okay to be honest. Give yourself permission to tell people or yourself how you feel, but tag along some faith declarations. I'm scared, but I will get through this. I am numb, but I one day will come back alive again. I am going to get through this hard, challenging time. And so I don't know about you, things can change. Communicating to your loved ones, and people might not get you in the season. Maybe there's some times you can't get out of bed. Maybe you don't even know what to say. You see people calling you, and you just don't have the energy to say hello. But you have to find a way to rise up. And know that things will change. And maybe you, you're not having a crazy season. Maybe you're thriving. But you still feel like, I'm thriving, but I feel guilty that I'm thriving because people are losing their jobs. My business is booming, but I don't really want to talk too much about it because I feel guilty. It's Mother's Day. I know a lot of moms are excited that they have their babies, but they know friends that lost babies. And sometimes you kind of feel guilty for even celebrating that you're a mom, knowing that other people are dealing with hardships. But listen, don't mute what God is doing. Do not mute about the miracle that God has done in your life. It's our job to give God the glory, but you know what? Use discretion. Doesn't mean that you have to be all up in people's face, gloating at what God has done. But don't ever stay silent. Never quiet what God has done because God has been too good, too faithful to all of us to keep our mouth silent. And so take a moment in the chat and say, I will not stay silent. And my second point is cast your concerns and your crowns at his feet. And here we'll see, and we'll go a little bit deeper, what casting is in Psalms fifty five twenty two it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Say sustain. I hear you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And the word cast here, means throw forcibly. And sometimes We feel like it's too heavy, the thing that we have, the burden we have, but we don't want to cast it. But God is saying, give me your best shot. You remember when kids, you're like, give me a hit. No, no. God knows that he can take it for you. He wants to. And so I don't know what you are carrying. I don't know what your issue is. I don't know what you're going through, but Give God your best shot. He can handle it, man. I don't know what you're going through. He wants you to cast it on him. He wants you to throw it at him. And with a quickness, not like hesitation, because I know I struggle with hesitation. I'm always thinking, oh, I don't want to call that person, or I don't know how they're going to receive it. No, no, no don't even feel guilty because he's a god that's waiting for you that has you and wants the best for you and when we're talking about casting things we're not only talking about negative things even crowns all the success and the good things going on in your life maybe you maybe you have a good job maybe things are thriving like i said before but maybe the burden of success is heavy. Maybe now that you have success, that you have influence, how do you handle followers or haters? Or even now that your money is increasing in your business, now you have to give. You have to tithe more. You're like, oh, Lord, I love that I'm making more money, but now do I, do I have to give more? Maybe that's the struggle that you're having with the, the burden of success, I don't know what you're going through, but knowing know that he wants to receive you. And so the second part of the verse, it says, and he will sustain you. Maybe the miracle in this season is God is sustaining you. Maybe the miracle is that he's not making a way escape at this moment, it's coming, but he's equipping you. Maybe he wants you to get over insecurity. He's giving you the equipment that you can crush it after. Maybe he's preparing you for that creativity, that new job, or that next thing that you want to do. Maybe in this season, you're trying to get out, but he's like, no, 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 baby, I don't want you to get out. I want to put something in you in this season. Or the goals that you made in January 1st of this year. This year is not done yet, even though COVID has showed up at this time. Note that. God, by the end of this year, December 31st, God will answer some of your prayers. Don't give up on him. Cast your concerns and your cares on him and your crowns because he cares for you. He can handle it. And this week, I've been struggling. I've been struggling with anxiety this week. It was heavy for me. Then I remember that sleep is our nightly reminder that we are not God. It reminds me in the verse of Psalms 121, and it says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Say, slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Listen, we have a God that does not take naps. We have a God that doesn't take power naps. We don't have a God that snoozes. He don't sleep. He's waiting for you. I don't know who's waiting up at night with nightmares, who's up at night with anxiety, who's up with raging thoughts. Know that when you're up... At night, we have a God waiting for you. And you know what? We have a God that specializes in the graveyard shift. He works especially through midnight to 8 a.m. waiting for you. When people are sleeping, maybe your roommate's sleeping in the next room, maybe your children in bed, maybe your spouse is sleeping beside you, but we have a God that's right beside you because he cares and loves you. Matter of fact, in the comments section, put hashtag God of the graveyard shift. He don't slumber, no sleep. I don't know what you, there's days that I'm tired. I don't know how I'm gonna get out of my bed. I don't know what I'm going to do, but we have a God that's there for you, waiting for you, that cares for you, that just does not get tired of your burdens, of your casting. Every day you need to take a moment and cast your burdens on him. Do not get tired of casting. We give up too easily. We're thinking, God, I don't know if you can handle it. God, you know, maybe it's too much. I was just telling my husband today, like, maybe I'm praying too much for myself. God does not get tired of his children. He loves your voices. He loves you so much. He specializes in the impossible. I, walk, I actually walked down to that music at my wedding. God specializes. James Hall, you know, Pastor Andrew loved James Hall. Um, but he specializes in those situations. He got your back. And so my next point is take fake news captive. Captive. And so we see this word, especially this expression of captive and taking captive things. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive, say captive, to obey Christ. And you know what? At this point, we're thinking about taking captive. The reason why we want to take things captive because anything that's opposite from God is fake news. And you need to take that captive and just return it to sender. You know when you get mail in the post office or in the mailbox and it says the wrong person's name? That's what you need to do. When you receive a word from somebody or the enemy, you need to take, you know what, this, not, this is not my mail. I'll return it to sender. Take, put that in the comment. Return to sender. Don't receive the things that are not about you, the lies that are against who God says you are. Psalms 139, he said, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are no mistake. I don't know what you've been believing in this season, the lies that you've been believing for the enemy or your friends or your parents or your coworkers or your boss, but well, you need to catch it. You need to cage it up. You need to bind it up in this season. You need to throw away the key. It will do damage to you. Do not receive the word of lies of the enemy. It's fake news. Put it in the comments, fake news. We do not receive fake news. And a lot of times, who's receiving fake news are those that are not in the book. You need to receive the word of God. It's filled with truth and promises that God has specifically for you for this season. If you're not holding on, this is my word. This season for everybody, if you're walking in this pandemic without a word, you're going to be defeated. You need to grab hold of the word of God and throw it to your situation. My word for this year is Proverbs three five. Trust the Lord with all my heart. Lean not onto my own understanding. With all thy ways, acknowledge, me, and He will direct my path. I will not be wise in my own eyes because I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been to a pandemic before. I don't know about you. And so you need to have the weapon of the word. You need a weapon of the song on your playlist. What's on your dashboard in this season? Is it some crazy song? Is it some song that's not, it's contradicting what you're going through and you need to make sure that you're in this fight in this season with a word in the song. When we think more about this receiving fake news, I think about a sponge, when you squeeze the sponge, nothing can come out of it because there's nothing in it. When you're not filled with God's word or God's security, you come out with nothing. You are empty. On the other side, you open yourself to be vulnerable. When you're so filled, it's so hard for things to permeate in you because you're so filled with joy. You're so filled with love. You're so filled with the confidence of God, the promises. You're so filled with his faithfulness that you will not get. Maybe for a moment you're like, okay, you might second guess yourself. But you're so filled, you're like, no, no, no. Get thee behind me, Satan. No, no. That's fake news. I know who my God is. God is. I know that he died on the cross for my sin and so I will not let you cage me in or back me up in the corner because I'm so filled with the love of God and his faithfulness that you cannot change how I feel. But you, fake news, when you're empty and you're not filled with God's love, you're in the position for anything to swoop in or you get distracted. When you're not filled with God's things or direction or guidance, you get distracted by the enemy. You get distracted by friends. You get distracted by the things of the world when you're not filled with God's love and faithfulness. What comes out of you when unexpected things come in your life? What comes out of you when you don't know when the situation hits you? What comes out of you when someone cuts you off in the middle of the road? What comes out of you when you are by yourself and not crying? What comes out of you when people come ask for you help? Does nothing come out? What's in you? What's coming out of you when people come ask you for help? Is it nothing? What's coming out? When nothing's in you, how can you help people? When you're filled with God's word and his faithfulness and his promises, you can give something to other people. You can transfer the love of God. You can bless people. You can give hope. You are the local church is the hope of the world. You can give hope. You can be on mission. But when you have nothing in you, you are out of mission. You're out of um, opportunities at times when People need hope. This is a time when people need hope and love and patience and kindness. Instead of giving flesh, you want to give the Holy Spirit. You want to give power. You want to give anointing. You want to give the best you, which the best you is the Christ you. I hear Paul say, it's not I, but it's Christ that lives side of me. As Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope you need to be filled. You need to have the love of God in you. And so take a moment this week and fill yourself up with hope because this Bible is filled with so many promises. And lastly, find community who will hold you accountable. In this season, we need community over crisis. This is a good one to put in the comments. Community over crisis. We need community. We do not do life alone. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're in the Dominican Republic. Maybe you're in Barbados. Maybe you are across the street in Oshawa, Ajax. I don't know where you're living. But you do not have to do life alone. And that's one of our biggest models at Surf City is don't do life alone. You need to be held accountable in this season because the enemy's coming after your mind and your mood and moods can be very temporal, but we want to be steadfast and firm in God's word. And you want people in your life that will call you out, hold you accountable, and just take you to the next level that you need. And so I have six questions here that you need to ask yourself each week. Or the other way, ask your circle of influence, your friends, these questions. And so first question is, how are you doing? Take a moment, evaluate your mood. How are you doing? Secondly, I need blank. What do you need in this season? What do you need this week? Do you need a phone call? Do you need encouragement? Do you need food? What is that you need? You need to think about that. Third thing, I forgive. What do you forgive? Do you forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive a loved one? Who do you need to forgive in this time? Number four, I celebrate. Oh man, celebration. This is when we need to celebrate more than ever before because every day we're hearing bad news or you know what? amazing things are happening in your lives that I hear all the time. Why not celebrate other people? This week, I've been sending gifts through the mail for people because they've been getting jobs, they've been having birthdays. We need to celebrate. And so make sure people that are holding you accountable are not just calling out the negativity or the areas where you need to grow, but they're holding you accountable and celebrating and saying, Good job, way to go, come on. I can't wait to go to that new position. I can't wait to see your new um, your new title. You want people cheering you on in this season. And lastly, what do you need to trust? What are you putting your trust in each week? Are you putting trust in that paycheck? Are you putting trust in your friends? Are you putting trust in the news? What are you putting your trust in? And so evaluate what are you doing? Who is holding you accountable that's helping you celebrate, but also not keeping you stuck where you are? You need people not only to remind you that you can take fake news captive, also, you want people that are gonna push you to forcibly cast your cares and your burdens and your crowns to the Lord. And lastly, you want people to help you to communicate in this difficult time, because communication can be hard during crisis. And I don't know about you. I'm trying to figure out my mood and my response in this pandemic. I can choose to be negative. I can be choose to be depressed. I can choose to be full of doubt. But I've made a decision this season. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to just go the extra mile. I'm going to read his word when I don't feel like reading his word. I'm going to pray and get on my knees when I don't feel like praying. I'm going to choose God over the fear in this season and so if you're in this season are determined to believe that even in unexpected times unexpected situations that God is still in control give God praise at this moment
1: wow what a powerful message in this moment we would be remiss if we did not offer you the opportunity to put your trust and your faith in the Lord Jesus. And so if you are here and you're watching and you do not have a relationship with Christ, we wanna invite you. We want to call you to respond to his magnanimous love. What love are you talking about, Pastor Andrew? And listen, over 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, God came to earth to die for you and my sins, for yours and my sins, you know, because the Bible makes it clear that we all have sin. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, from whom we originated, they messed it up, they jacked it up, they disobeyed God and consequently, uh, sin is hereditary, and it's passed down from generation to generation. This is why things like racism exist, as we're seeing in the world today. This is why you don't have to teach a child to disobey, because it's hereditary. They're born with it hardwired into their system. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear uh, in Romans 6:23 that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, everybody say death. The wages of sin is death. I don't have to convince you, especially in this season, that people are dying. This was not supposed to be the case, but it's because of sin that this has transpired. We as human beings used our free will to disobey God and consequently now, these are the consequences. And so now, uh, the thing is that although the wages of sin is death, the Bible says in the B part of Romans 6:23, but the gift of God is eternal life. Somebody say the gift of God. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we don't get eternal life through doing a bunch of good deeds. We're not saved by our works. The Bible makes it clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. We're saved, right? We're saved and we get eternal life by putting trust and faith in in Jesus and his perfect once for all sacrifice for our sins. What are you talking about? As I shared, when Jesus came to the earth, not only did he live perfect, but he also was whipped. He was beaten. He was bruised. He took our punishment and then he died. He was the only being capable of taking on the sins of the world. It was like, like Batman, Batman dying for Joker, like the hero dying for the villain. This is the way that God loved us. Even before you and I took our first breath, he demonstrated this incredible love for you and for me. And so it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter how you were raised, you have the opportunity today to put your trust and to put your faith in Jesus, and he accepts you just as you are. So guess what? I want to call you in this moment to respond. If that person is you, the Bible makes it clear in John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, verse 9 says, but if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you would believe in your heart that God raised him from death, that you and I, that we would be saved. It's not just something in the, the future, but it's something that we can experience now. If we would respond to God's love by simply saying yes to him, giving him our lives, asking him to be the Lord of our lives and confessing that we believe in our heart that God has raised him from death. So I'm getting ready to lead this quick prayer of commitment. Now, it's not the prayer that saves. These aren't some magic words, but it's simply a line in the sand, a line of demarcation. It's simply a confession and a declaration that you indeed have responded, a notable time, a notable moment. And so I want to invite you into this prayer with me if that person is you and you have made that decision where you are. Come on, I want you to repeat this after me. I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Glory to God. And so we just say this in this moment. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from the dead with all power. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Be the Lord and the boss of my life. Be with me now and forevermore. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Listen, heaven is going nuts. Heaven is rejoicing. I can see you on the other side of this camera in the spirit. I'm excited about the decision that you have made. Glory to God. Thank you so much.